You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, of course, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week couple of things I want to tell you guys about before we get into the show. As always, you can purchase some merchandise with gay side stories on it or flawless noises over at flawlessnoises.com slash store. We got shirts. We even have a tote. So if you want to support this podcast, purchasing some merchandise is the perfect way to do so. In addition to that, we also have a Patreon where we have a lot of content, very different shows from what you hear on the free side, very different from gay side stories. So you can hear me on the weekly wind down with my good friend and co-founder Candice, where we talk about stories in the news and different things of that nature. We have the portal where Candice and her husband talk about anime and manga. We have hilarious hypotheticals. We have birth stories of black mamas, which is a series by my very good friend Brie of Mama Meets World, where she basically lets black women tell their birth stories. And it has been pretty amazing so far. If you want a preview, you can go to the Mama Meets World podcast page. The latest episode is called Lita's Birth Stories, and that's a good representation of what the birth stories sound like on the Patreon. So please go over there and you can subscribe. And that's another way to support not only me and this podcast and the network of which I am a co-founder. We have a live show coming up to celebrate the one year anniversary of the network. So in February of next year, we're going to have a live show. We have not nailed down a venue just yet because these places have I'm confused on how they conduct business. But if you want to hear more about that again over on Patreon, the latest episode of the weekly wind down episode 22, we get into detail about why we've been struggling with the venue side. But Come hell or high water, we are going to put a show together. The tentative date is February 29th. So even if you don't listen to Ratchet Ramblings, which is going to be the headliner of that showcase, if you want to come out and support my efforts or if you want to meet me in person, anything like that, wherever we say it's going to be on the East Coast, either in North Carolina or in Atlanta, then you'll be able to do that. When the details are set, I will, of course, share those with everyone. Now, I'm very, very excited about this episode because I have a very special guest and it's a very interesting topic. So I'm going to get us right into it. So I have a very illustrious First time guest. He's a dancer, choreographer, doing all of the things. You may have even seen him on a little show called Pose. Oh Lord. <laughs> Maybe. But listen, I've saw if him you, on you know. Twitter a long time ago, okay? So, <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> But no, I have Diavani Frazier with me on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a lovely to, you know 
good to chat it up. Thanks yeah. so much. I feel like this was a long time coming. Now, whether or not either of us knew it was a long time coming, that's a different story. But <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I mean, it's been a few years since we've been sort of knowing of each other's presence and personality online. And mm-hmm. so it's wonderful to get a chance to intersect like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And since you said that so eloquently, we're <laughs> going to go and slide right into the first segment. And that is the Queer Query. Ew. So this is all about you, and I'm dying to hear about this, to be quite honest. You (laughs) recently, when I say recently, in the past few months, released a dance film called Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yes. Thank you for noticing that. (laughs) Listen, I was like, let me just click every time you posted the previews i was like okay when is the damn video dropping damn (laughs) (laughs) like show your dance moves damn no Uh, thank you but i would love for you to just kind of talk a a little bit about that your inspiration what the process was like and what the reception has been like yeah yeah um cat uh cat on the hudson roof is really interesting for me as a choreographer because it has really been the first time where I felt like my body was the right body to present the movement and choreography and the piece to the audience that I was intending it for. Usually as a choreographer, I sort of feel like there's another body that can convey my message and movement better or more appropriately. But this time around, I really, the movement came out of sort of an expression of myself. So it was really fun to do it from that aspect. Um, And it was the first time that I did a film. I really like directorial debut, you could say Kat is. Um, And so to be be on both sides of the camera was also another exciting challenge for me. Um, It was sort of birthed out of this, I had, I, I sort of encountered Vogue as a dance technique through ballroom and it's a dance style and all of that sort of when I was like 16. But because I was also first learning ballet and modern and all these other more quote unquote serious techniques at that time, I never really t- took it seriously. I took it sort of as the street dance that it in some aspects is. Um, but within the last two years to year and a half, I've sort of re-encountered it as a style again. Um, I've come into the ballroom community up in here, up here in New York. Um, And so that really just prompted me to see what I could do with this movement, now being a more mature dancer, more mature choreographer. And also I see Vogue as this technique that's sort of perfect for the camera. And so I just wanted to challenge myself in both of those ways. Wow, that's amazing. So the link to his dance film, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof will be mm-hmm. in the show notes. And mm-hmm. since you mentioned the ballroom culture, that'll slide us on into the next question. And I'm curious how being part of the spotlight on ballroom culture via Pose has affected you and how you view the LGBT community. I want to I don't know. I want to say I'm a part of the spotlight because I feel like there's the spotlight should be on far other people in the ballroom community because I'm just now coming in. And that's a space that I really value um, the memory that exists in it and the, the legends that have come before me and, and everyone that's there. But I will say being a part of Pose, being a part of ballroom at a time when 
people are really looking at it again mm -hmm. um, with a very wide and, and curious lens. Um, it's been really, it's been really incredible um, because I was a fan of the ballroom culture, very curious in it, in seeing it through Paris is Burning, um, knowing a few people that has sort of come in and out of balls or gone to them before. But being in New York now, especially where all of this was sort of was birthed out of um, and getting to meet people who really are influential in the ballroom circuit and um, really proud of the culture and the heritage that exists within the community. Um, it's I think it's really made me even cherish the black LGBTQ community even more because it, I can point to a, a tangible, still living, still breathing, still flourishing example of our very specific history, which gives me a lot of pride. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So just for the sake, this will be the last time we mention it, but I want to make sure people know where they can see you. Which episodes of season two of Pose mm -hmm. were you featured on? Um, I would I would say start with episode six if you really want to see me. Um, that was the episode that I was featured as a ball walker in. That was really fun. I got to throw some shade back at Pray Tell for him yes. coming for me. Um, so that was cute. And then I pop up uh, throughout the the season because I just did a lot of um, sort of background and, and featured background stuff for them this season, which was really fun. Um, and I'm also in drag in Candy's funeral little red or a little yellow like canary yellow hat with a veil if you catch me there okay i'm gonna have to go back and watch i think that was the last episode i watched so i'm behind right. but uh-uh no catch up i know i know life life be life <laughs> but definitely you guys check that out and so for the last question in the queer query mm. this is more about your dance ambitions or dreams do you have a dream collaboration? And if so, who would it be with? Um, if I'm sticking to groups or people that are still living, then I would say um, the uh, Cuban Ballet is an aspiration of mine. I would really would love to work with the talent that's there just because it's like Afro-Cuban people and Afro-Latino people doing like modern and ballet movement, which is, I live at those two intersections. So I think that would be really interesting. Um, if I can choose someone who's not living anymore, it would absolutely be Mr. Ailey. Okay. Well, you guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Getting to know Giovanni just a little bit better. And mm. I guess maybe even with the main topic, they will be able to get a little bit more detail of your thought processes and some of your values and beliefs but before we get into that we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back thank you for supporting the flawless noises media network you can visit flawlessnoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows you can also connect with us on social media search for at flawless noises on instagram twitter and facebook Go to FlawlessNoises.com slash store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com slash FlawlessNoises for more details. 
We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Alrighty, we are back. And now it is time for the main topic. And we're going to be discussing manifestation and spirituality. So, spirituality, I've been struggling a little bit with wrapping my head around how that works and what it means for me. And manifestation is something that I've been toying with the idea of looking more into because Mm -hmm. I am a believer that you you kind of you kind of do manifest the things that you desire in some shape form or fashion even if you're not conscious that you're doing it but it's Mm, something that i want to be more conscious of not only because there are goals that i want to hit and things of that nature but also because i think that it gives you the drive to figure out what it is that you actually want Like Mm -hmm. I can sit here all day until I'm purple in the face talking about why I'm going to manifest this and I want to manifest that. But if I don't truly know what it is that I want, I'm just talking out the side of my neck for lack of a better term. So it's something that I'm looking into understanding better. But I thought who better than you to (laughs) discuss these things with, you know, because my acquaintance with people that are a a little bit more spiritual is is limited i'll admit and so obviously Mm -hmm. you came to mind so let's talk about spirituality first Uh, because i know you have a a history if you will with this Mm -hmm. so i'm very curious about some of the common misconceptions when it comes to spirituality and this can be specific to what you are used to and maybe even broader Mm -hmm. just kind of some misconceptions that people think oh you know i'm spiritual i'm gonna get into this and then they get there and you're like girl that's not how this works yeah yeah i mean i think especially nowadays in the um post lemonade world when spirituality as a term and an umbrella topic online um, means so many things to so many different people Um, One of the first common misconceptions I think that comes to mind is this idea that you're going to become spiritual and then all of a sudden like wield these amazing gifts like you can see into the future and you're going to start hearing spirits and you're going to start doing tarot cards and you're going to start doing astrology like because spirituality um, as a term uh, means so many different things and covers so many different topics because there are a lot of traditions and practices that are spiritually imbued and involve spiritual adoration and, and veneration. People think that becoming spiritual means that you have to learn about every single one of those aspects and then you have to do all of those things too. And it's just kind of like you, you can pick one path. <laughs> you can just choose one. Um, yeah, I I think, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you don't, you don't want to, you, you have one head, so you don't, aren't supposed to wear multiple crowns. You can, you can just sort of, (laughs) 
you can just sort of take your time and 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 look down a singular path and see where that takes you and if it is supposed to take you and um you know over multiple different topics and areas of expertise then so be it but you don't have to set out with this ambition that you're going to be the master of all things um I think another misconception, especially I would say specifically when it comes to traditions of the African diaspora um, that are maybe Afro-Latino or still African-based, um, like Ifa, which is based in Yoruba, um, I would say that a lot of people come in to these spiritual traditions and communities thinking that they are simply spiritual and that like it spiritual as a, as a term also has this sort of like free fluid connotation to it and that there's no set hierarchies or structures that come along with it and that you can sort of explore it at your own will. Um, and when you're talking about Traditions like Lukumi, Santeria, when you're talking about Candomblé, when you're talking about Nigerian Ifa, you're talking about actual religions um, that have structure and theology and cosmology and all of that that's a part of what makes them what they are. And though they have spiritual uh, aspects, you know, they involve forms of divination and offerings and spiritual possession, a lot of the things that people associate with being quote unquote spiritual and, you know, especially in a black way, um, they are also religious traditions with their own histories as well. So there's, there's aspects of, if you're going to, you know, open up a this spiritual door and, and start tapping into these things, there's more, uh, there's more there than than simply you know filling your beat and being online with Florida. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Okay, so how has tapping into spirituality or allowing it into your life affected your life or enriched your life even? Mm. Um, I so I came up in. You know, my what I like to call my spiritual path, um, I would say began literally when I was born, but more and I more actively dedicated myself to spiritual practices uh, um, and enriching myself through my practice of them. Um, was really when I was about 16, I have other members of my family who are involved in other spiritual traditions and religions. Um, and so learning from them, asking them questions, I sort of got myself started and then just took it from there. And um, I would say along that, what is now a, a 10 year journey, um, I have been made, I, I'd like to say wiser. Um, it's, it's really given me a new perspective or a, simply a, a perspective that I can call my own that you know, it's, it's based upon symbols that have come to me through my own healing and through my tapping into the history and the community that exists in the, in the spiritual traditions, at least that I practice. Um, and it's also, I feel like, been a very um, 
active expression of my blackness as well, because I, I practice religions that are African-based or just very black um, in their aesthetic and in their practice. So it's it, it came at a time when I needed it to have more self-esteem, more self-value, um, more just more more for myself. Um, and it has definitely given me a foundation upon which to stand and continues to push me forward. Okay. I love that it's kind of one of those things where you can see someone nurturing this thing and being somewhat cognizant of it since birth. Mm -hmm. But I think what made it interesting for me when it comes to you personally is when you started sharing more of that online mm-hmm. on, you know, Twitter and whatnot and just seeing, especially someone I was going to say so young, mm-hmm. but I mean, anyone y- younger than me is so young. Like <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I am a gay of a certain age. So, you know, all of y'all look like toddlers to me these <laughs> days. But <laughs> <laughs> work elder because you don't often see younger people people in their young and you know in their mid-20s or their their low 20s or they're really embracing these type of things you don't see that that often no yeah it's yeah it, these are practices that i mean even even outside of practices like just spirituality when i was started talking about it online it was it, it was pre-Beyonce Lemonade. It was very much like, I'm just online talking about what I do. And, you know, I guess y'all find it interesting because it's different. And I, my main motivation for talking about it online to begin with um, wasn't even really to try and educate people. It was more so I was aggravated by this um, sense of fear and um, ignorance that, sort of surrounded my practice of the religion at the time Mm -hmm. and people because they weren't they didn't know anything about it and they were not also really that interested in learning about it it was still this thing that was like demonic and you know voodoo and evil and witchcraft and all of that um and so my putting it online especially just because i know my you know my altar and (laughs) the the things that i have that i could take a picture of and talk about online they're very pretty or they they usually look completely different than these like evil dark or just darker uh images that people normally associate with these traditions and so presenting it in a new light was really my only motivation um and just in going down this path learning studying more i just thought this information was you know, it was exciting to me. And so I talked about it online and that turned into people finding it not only interesting, but it coming at a time in our community where suddenly people are interested in being more spiritual. So I guess I have uh, I've developed a little bit of a reputation for for talking about these things. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's where I remember it. But um, tell people how... Let me rephrase this. What's your advice for how people can figure out how to learn more about this? 
And I want to phrase it that way because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that they could just go to someone like you and start peppering you with questions like how do you <laughs> yeah. how do you how do you teach the fishermen how to fish in this situation? <laughs> I would say first okay you want to so you want to be spiritual. Um okay, but why? And also figure out what it is you're saying when you say that. If it means you just want to learn how to read tarot cards because you find tarot super interesting, then fine. That's There's nothing wrong with that. At least you can go in knowing that you have a certain goal that, and skill that you're trying to build upon. And whether that journey and trying to be better at reading tarot takes you into certain spiritual traditions or topics, that's on you. It doesn't have to. But at least you have a goal. I think a lot of people come into spirituality just sort of wanting to be a part of the conversation nowadays. So I would say first, you know, figure out what it is you're trying to get out of this this learning experience. And then you'll have a clear idea of the topics that you should be researching. Because from my own personal experience... I knew that I had certain spiritual traditions that were present in my family that I was interested in. And so I researched those religions. I sought out to meet people that were a part of those traditions and to see if the call that I felt, to see if the comfort that I felt when I was connected to those traditions, to see if if it continued and that turned into what is now my faith and belief in spiritual practice. So if you're approaching the topic of spirituality because you are seeking a sort of healing either for yourself or your family or the community that you're a part of, okay, so you, I would suggest, you know, look into the, the religions or the practices that interest you. Research them first as academic topics and see where that interest then takes you. Um, it should, in my opinion, then take you to, um, naturally should lead you to meeting people who are more learned about those topics than you are. Seek out to make sincere relationships with them, not in a, like a networking type of way. Like you said, although I am very open about my religion and, and my practice online, if you, you know, just randomly DM me or just approach me about these topics and start speaking to me, sometimes I can be rather uh, withheld with what I say because I don't know where you're coming from. If I'm not just going to speak to you about my religion, if I don't feel like you're asking me from a sincere place. If you're just sort of asking because I feel like you just want to know and be down, then I'm not going to entertain it. So, you know, that's why I say learn about, you know, research your research, your interests first academically and as a topic. And then sincerely reach out to the people, people who you feel like are going to guide you and nurture you and teach you things. Um, And hopefully along that path, because it won't be short, I promise you, (laughs) um, along that time, you will have start started to feel what it is you came there looking for. Okay. I like that. And hopefully you guys take heed. And if you're interested in these types of things, you get on the right path to learning what it is that you want to learn without being a burden to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
just sort of know know what it is you're know what it is you're looking for. I mean, I think we were sort of talk, t- touching on it earlier. Like you can <laughs> you can say you want to manifest this and manifest that, and you can say you want to be spiritual this and spiritual that. But if you don't really have a goal in mind, if you don't have an idea really of what that actually means to you, you're just gonna sort of be floating in in that limbo. You have to sort of have a, a place to aim yourself at. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's actually going to take us into the second part of this conversation about manifestation. Mm-hmm. And I guess my first question would be, have you really been able to tap into this to some degree? Um, I mean, I would say yes. I think I my experience of what you know, manifesting what it is you want out of life um, comes through to me through my spiritual religious practice. I mean, a big part of practicing an Orisha-based tradition um, is in through your relationship to certain Orisha through serving them through, you know, just practicing the religion, it's it's an expectation that your life is supposed to be better and you can ask for certain things um, and work for them spiritually or religiously, I should say. And in your working of that religiously, it is expected to manifest in your life. Um, and I have definitely experienced that myself. Um, so I would say, yes, I've definitely experienced and, and used and tapped into manifestation in some degree. Okay. Well, I guess you kind of answered my next question a little bit, but maybe you can be a little bit more specific mm-hmm. in that. How has it enriched your life? Yeah. Um, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like you, we think about manifesti- manifestation and manifesting things in our lives, I think a lot of times in a, a physical way, mm-hmm. um, whether that be for monetary gain or material gain or a job or you know a, a vacation or whatever the, the, the thing it is that you want. Um, but and, and even though I have experienced that you know in, in practicing my, my traditions and just in my own meditative um, practices and and just simply manifesting through my own thoughts and actions um, have seen a financial improvement in my life and more um, <laughs> more opportunity um, I have also been able to manifest real change in my life and effectuate um real like domino effects in my life and really like radically shift my my circumstance at times when I have felt even you know hopeless did I not have that belief belief that I could had that power within me um so it's I think manifestation it's though it is absolutely a way for you to change the circumstances of your life. Um, it's also really a, a empowering thing to, to take, take into consideration. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for, I don't want to say the average person, but for the next person who is not as well versed as you, what type of benefits do you think 
they could let's say use me as for an example mm-hmm. what type of benefits do you think i could get from learning more about manifestation and practicing it whatever that means to me right um i mean i i, I think to begin with if you practice a very mindful and sort of day-to-day lifestyle sort switch uh or lifestyle practice of manifestation where you are conscious of your words thoughts and actions um in a in a very present and real way that i think it it immediately allows you to recognize patterns and behaviors um that you have in relating to other people and in relating to yourself and it makes it infinitely easier to see them objectively um so that you can really begin to do work on yourself um i think it will also just bring anyone um a of greater sense of clarity as we touched on earlier because you have to in order to be able to really you know especially you say it with with intention and power manifest something into your life you have to have a clarity of what it is that you want and you have to have a clarity of of intention in in asking for it and really working for it um so i think that sense of clarity being a requirement um is also another thing that you would get out of it and then of course putting you know point 1 and point 2 together um you you reach a place where you are more empowered in in your life and you don't simply have to sort of exist in the current uh in the riptide of your life you can you can effectuate change and you can see the patterns and behaviors that you have that people have around you and how all of that is working and what it is that you need to do to manifest what it is you want and need within the 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 chaos the organized chaos that is life okay i like that i like that so in case someone missed it i guess give a brief rundown of how people can also learn more about manifestation or what's the best way mm. to do so um i mean for me <laughs> my my practice of manifestation um has come through just my primarily a my um orisha based practices so i mean if you're at all interested in orisha based religions and practices you will absolutely encounter the concept of what is called a, an embo or a a sacrifice basically you are giving an offering of some kind in expectation for the returning your life in a very uh grand sense of you know we're talking very macro about manifestation um mm-hmm. i i would say you know it's it's a very personal topic so it it came to me through meditation practices um and and prayer honestly it, it it finding a sense of clarity through just simply practicing my own um spiritual meditation i was able to 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 begin to manifest things okay 
I like that as well. And shout out to you because the obvious answer to this question and when I ask the same question about spirituality is Google. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as you have someone to ask, it's always nice to put that information out there. But, you know, it's okay to do research on your own, folks. I want to encourage that. Do your research. You just got to double check and cross reference your material. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, this was a very enlightening conversation, I think. And I'm so glad that we had it. I'm so glad that you came and joined me on the show. Thank you for having me. So tell people where they can find you. Yeah, um, I'm Diovani Frazier across all platforms. That's my name. It's D as in David, I-O-V-A-N-N-I, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And that's on Instagram, Twitter. You know, don't add me on Facebook. I'm not going to accept it. But (laughs) there you go. (laughs) There you go. And make sure you guys check out Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And if you missed it, go back and watch those episodes of Pose so you can see my friend here. Yes, thank you. Yes. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that very succinct conversation. That's going to wrap up this episode. So please remember that you can chime in at any time. You can write me at gaysidestories at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, of course. If you have any listener letter type deals or if you just want to suggest a topic, suggest a guest, write in for advice, any of that kind of stuff, you can do so all at that email address. Remember, this show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and more for anyone that might want to listen, but they need a specific medium. We're available at a lot of different places, so check that out. Please go over to Apple Podcasts while we're talking about it and leave a five-star rating or review if you have not already. I really do appreciate that. And it just makes it look like people enjoy the show, which I hope you are. I put a lot into this show, so I do hope that you're enjoying it and that you'll leave that rating or review so people can know that you enjoy it. That is pretty much it. Again, the website is FlawlessNoises.com. The Patreon is Patreon.com slash FlawlessNoises. And those are pretty much ways you can support and more details on that live show as they become available. That is it. I will see you guys next week.